Welcome back, everybody, to Kayfabe Comparisons. This is episode two, where we are going to compare the Elimination Chamber from 2019 against St. Valentine's Day Massacre in 1999. Now, if this is your first time with us, we are the show that compares a nostalgia show from 20 years ago to the current WWE product. So, February 99 versus February 2019. My name is Daniel John Schaefer. This is the KG Cast Lush. Yes, sir. Yes, dude. What did you think about these shows, man? Man, there was a lot of ups and downs on both shows. I'll tell you that. There was some good moments. There was some bad moments. I fell asleep during both shows for at least five minutes each time. Um, <laughs> but no, I en- I enjoy doing this every week. It's fun. Or every month, I should say. It's fun. I like Yeah, yeah. Back. I, I mean, like every now and then it'll be uh, you know, a couple times a month because WWE puts out sure. too much product, sure. honestly. But and and it okay. doesn't and it doesn't always have to be just twenty years. It could be it could be fifteen, it could be ten, it could be thirty. Yeah, that's I mean, true. That's true. That's true. And then, honestly, um, you know, with the WWE Network, it doesn't even always have to be a WWE pay per view. Uh, sometimes we might compare um, a WCW pay per view. Let's say if there's two uh, pay per views in one month in the current product, and we don't have a WWF one, we could kind of keep it the 20 year, or we could ch- change it up. You guys could let us know on our social media. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Kfabe Comparisons. Uh, you know, just send us some tweets there. Let us know what you guys think uh, and which show you might want us to cover against the current current one here. But let's go ahead and dive into 1999. We can even do Frank Gotch, Gorgeous George, and compare <laughs> it to John Cena, CM Punk. Whatever you guys want to do, we'll compare. We'll <laughs> that's compare. true. That's true. That's true. I that's mean... true. It's nostalgia versus current <laughs> products, or you know, crazy old against uh, you know a few years ago. Whatever you guys want to hear, we want to be sure that we're involved in the community. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and jump into 1999 though. St. Valentine's Day Massacre, match number one. Cass, give it to us, man. Let's go. So they had an opening package before we get to the match. So there was an opening package. It was like a black and white footage with some old, like, I don't know, it was like 1920s, 30s type music, which was kind of strange because it went from that and then just kind of like a rough edit to a traditional 90s kind of promo, right? Just showing the whole show, Rock and Mankind was in it, Austin, uh, McMahon, which this whole show is really leading up to Vince McMahon and Austin. That's what really this show's about. And then we go in to the first match and it's Gold Dust and what do they call him? Blue Dust, which is Blue Mini from the ECW. Mini. Yeah. I don't mean to, you know, I hate to break Kayfabe here, but but Blue Blue Dust was actually Blue Mini for all you uh fans out there who didn't know. Um yeah, man. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> This, uh, I mean, really, here's some of the good things about this first match. Uh, Goldust's theme music was really good. Um, seeing Goldust come out and walk <laughs> down was cool. Uh, I got, I, I was really trying to be positive because I really like Goldust, but I got nothing on this match, man. It was a throwaway match. You could really tell it. it Hindsight, after watching the whole show, they were really you could see that they were really trying to make a story for each match and give each match a meaning. But it, they were doing that so much where they were trying so hard that it was like there was 
I mean, the meaning for this match was just ridiculous, and it just the match sucked. Um, I liked that it was short. That was another thing. It was a short match, so thank God. It would have been like two thumbs down if it was like a traditional long WWE match, but it was a short match. So other so that made it one thumbs down for me, not two thumbs down. That and Goldust theme music was awesome. Other than that, um, oh, and the crowd was really, really awesome for the Shattered Dream, and I was surprised about that watching the match. Um, the the crowd was like so dead during this match, and then Goldust got Blue Mini up for the Shattered Dreams, and the crowd just freaking popped. Yeah, so, I mean, it was uh, I mean, uh, there there was definitely some over moments, um, but overall, I mean. I thought it was absolute trash, man. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, just yeah, a yeah, really yeah. bad match. Like, uh, I mean, I watched some of the buildup um, to this match, too, and none of that was good. Um, I mean, I mean, even going back to the, the video package that you were talking about that opened the show, I felt like it was super weird, like, to a – like, even more hokey, especially in that era. Like, I feel like they were trying to be, like, edgy, so there wasn't as much hokiness, but that opening – video package just like kind of soured the whole like open of the show for me so when i got to like gold dust and blue mini i was like ugh, and it was just so much like gaga and like just playing to the crowd and not like even real wrestling at all it was especially you know considering i mean i know blue mini's trash but i mean gold dust is a solid worker and he could have done a, you know he could have done something there but yeah, I mean, I gave this match, you know, zero stars. Like it was just a dud. I didn't give it a negative star because it was short. You know, I agree. Uh, yeah. But it was, a, it was a terrible way to open the show. I mean, I mean, what a way to kill the audience. I mean, it really was, man. It really was. And so, you know, we're gonna go ahead and jump over to um, Royal Ro- or not. I'm sorry, not Royal Rumble. There you go. But uh, <laughs> but uh, Elimination Chamber of 2019 and the pre-show. Um, it's where we're going to start because there's actually seven total matches, uh, including the pre-show and elimination chamber and eight in, um, St. Valentine's day massacre. So we're going to go ahead and cover, uh, this one here. Uh, it's Tozawa versus Murphy. And man, I thought it was a really, really good match. I was pleasantly surprised. I don't get to watch 205 uh, very often just because there's so much content and it's hard to to get it all in. Uh, but man, I mean, probably some of the best chain wrestling uh, in an open that I saw all night. Um, that vertical suplex outside the ring uh, caught from the suicide dive was super sick. Um, and honestly, it's, at one point they did like a, a side screen with the New Day and it didn't really bother me because... I could see the match, you know, and and it was also still building the main event for Elimination Chamber, which I thought was also really good. But we'll get to that. Um, yeah, man, what did you think about this uh, this cruiserweight match? I ended up giving it like three and a half stars. I was really impressed. Some great spots in it. Well, I'll skip to what you you said there at the end because I have that in my notes. The side screen, the split screen. I actually wrote a note here year that I forgot the match was still on during the New Day interview because I just and and maybe that's just me not knowing these guys and I don't watch 205 but I really I felt like the interview was way too long to be during a match because honestly not just being funny when that interview was done I was like oh shit the match is still going on what what is this okay yeah um other than that I don't I don't follow 205 but how in the hell is that guy in the cruiserweight division? 
He's bigger than Finn Balor and Seth Rollins combined. That <laughs> That's not true. Jacked. That's not true. Dude, you just dude. saw him wrestling Tozawa, who was pretty small. I mean, he's probably 190, maybe. 195 maybe. Maybe that's it. But that dude was bigger than – I mean – and, I mean, and I true say, life, and I say true that, life, but, but Finn Balor Mercedes really like could be. 215 instead of 205. Right. But, I, I mean, mean, it's I mean, close shit, Shawn Michaels is probably really 195, and he said he was 225. So, I mean, He was on. never 225. <laughs> I don't care what he says. He was never 225. <laughs> never, the dude is well, shorter than me. Did you, was, did you see him, though, whenever he was with, uh, like, when he was a Diesel, or before that, when he was kind of chubby? He might have been there. Maybe 210. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Like, yeah, I'd say probably 215. He, you know, muscle weighs more than fat, and he was shredded yeah. in like 97, 98. So, like. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> I, thought the ba- I thought the commentary was bad during the match, and it kind of took away for it, from it, from the match for me. Uh, it, probably because it was a three man team, like all the teams are now with commentary. I thought well, it was a good stiff. three man teams. Right, right. I thought it was a good stiff match. I liked the punches. I liked everything was like really in there. They were really giving it to each other. So I really liked the stiffness of it. I liked the crazy turnbuckle Frankensteiner spot at the end. Yeah, that super Kenrana like thing. Yeah, that was super cool. Yeah. Right. But I mean, overall, I mean, I wasn't that crazy into it. I honestly think it was the interview in the middle of it kind of just got me out of it for too long. Um, and that might have been just my fault for forgetting that it was and just being ADD or an idiot or just I don't know. But it was it was a good I mean, it was a good match. It was way better than uh, Gold Dust Blue Mini. <laughs> I mean, no, I agree. I agree. I mean, again, like I give it three and a half stars. Right. And I ended up giving, you know, the Blue Mini a dud. So, I gave so it yeah, a- I mean. 2019, we're going to go ahead and give the definitive win uh, in match number one. So what we're going to do here is we're actually going to go through um, St. Valentine's Day Massacre. We're going to do match number two and match number three um, and combine them uh, because we had the um, the women's uh, elimination chamber, uh, you know, not, or knocking it off. So right. let's go ahead so, and start with those. Uh, with that, you know, what's the match number two for 99, right. bro? Give it to me. Match 92, Al Snow versus Bob Holly, hardcore core match and again you know uh, kind of like it, it, if you listen to last week it, it was kind of a surprising outcome that i think me and you both had you know uh last week was last week was 98 um or i keep saying week you know what i mean screw it last month whatever last show get over yourself 90 <laughs> it was 98 though right no it was not enough it was 99? Well, it was, okay, 98, 99. Still, you you think those pay-per-views, you know, we think so highly of them. And going into this one, I had the same thing. I, I was thinking, you know, it's going to be it's going to be so much better than today's pay-per-view, but you know, back-to-back Al Snow, Bob Holly, again, you know, you could see the booking that WWE was doing that we've heard about now because it's been so long that they were trying to give everything a story. They were trying to make everybody important. And you could see, and some of the things I, I did like about it is that they were doing the story with Bob Holly and they were, the commentary was doing a good job with telling this story of, you know, he, he wants to get rid of spark plug, Bob Holly. He wants to become you know, a different man. And you were seeing the evolution in the spark plug to hardcore Holly. And they were, they did this a couple times. They did it later on in the pay-per-view with Midian. They were, they brought up 
uh, how he used to be a Godwin, and now he's trying to be, you know, part of the Undertaker's group. So I really liked the commentary. The commentary in this, in the whole '99 pay per view, was, I mean, ten times better than commentary in Far the, 2019. Far were, superior. Yeah. Right. They were telling stories. It was a two man group, and they were doing their job to get the people over because. That right there got this match a little more over than making it just be a complete dud. Because if they weren't, if if Michael Cole and King weren't telling the story of Bob Holly trying to get, I, I liked Spark Plug and I remember Spark Plug for, for so for a '95 mark like me, I'm like, oh, Spark, yeah, Spark Plug. I don't know. It's just that right there was was cool. But other than that, I mean, it just sucked. Everything sucked. It was just a, uh, I mean. The finish, he wrapped him up in a metal fencing and pinned him. I mean, they went into the water. It was like it seemed like a it seemed like me and my friends when we were like ten years old wrestling in the backyard, like throwing somebody in the pool and then getting them out. I mean, the the match sucked, dude. Okay, honestly, man, like you hit it on the head. I was like, this is was my fourteen year old backyard wrestling federation. Like yeah. this is legitimately terrible wrestling like everything about i mean and that's the thing too like there have been i mean what we're at some point we're going to cover some really great matches that had heavy gimmicks some hell in a cells or some hardcore matches or street fights or whatever uh that have been phenomenal this was not one of them it's i'm not knocking that style i'm knocking this match it was so 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 bad like I mean, the commentary was the only thing that was passable. Like, I mean, there was legit a couple times where, like, I, like, just looked at the ceiling because I was like, this is so bad. And mm-hmm. especially coming off of that Gold Dust Meanie match, like, I was like, this, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it through this show. Like, mm-hmm. but, dude, yeah, I mean, I gave this match zero. Again, like, zero stars, a dud. Like, no, not negative because, I again, I wrote in my notes, the commentary was superb. Like, JR did his damnedest to save everyone's attention in this pay-per-view match like so bad man let's go ahead and jump over to match number three which was midian versus boss man you touched on that the commentary there too about the character and i do agree i I also wrote that in my notes uh you know from my review of this match i thought it was just a little too long like i mean those brawling in in the beginning was pretty solid uh just the punches and kicks back and forth um the finish was sloppy but the post match spot uh, with the ministry save, uh, it kind of it saved it from being nothing. It was it, it was a little bit better than the first two matches, so I gave this a half a star. But I mean, the actual match itself was terrible. The post match was pretty decent with the ministry stuff, though. What did you think about Midian Bossman? Man, I I I put the same thing that I, the I put the ending was really, really cool. But let me just go through. Um, I. I put a note, though, that I love the ministry. I thought it was r- really cool to see them. I got excited when I saw the little backstage thing. Definitely. And I wish that they would do some more uh, factions like that in the WWE. Definitely. And and they would – I don't know. I, just, I, I miss the factions. Um, the ministry just looked so cool. Um, other than that, the match was just – yeah. It, it was – the end was the best part. Like you're no, saying, I agree. Yeah, just, and again, it's just so weird. You know, I just, I think I, everybody looks back thinking, thinking those were the good old days. And then you go back and people need to watch it. Cause at this point I was like you, I was thinking 
this sucks. This is really bad. This is, I don't know how I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to get through this. So yeah, I, I just, to, to save some time. Yeah. I agree with what you said there. Yeah, man. So, I mean, so far we're three matches in with 99 and, uh, you know, we're at a half a star total uh, on my reviews. Um, you know, so now we're going to go ahead and jump back over to 19 and this is where it's going to get really fun. Uh, the main show starts off with the women's tag title chamber match. Oh God, man. Honestly, going into this match, I really felt like the Iconics were the best fit for the titles, considering they've pretty much always been a team. Uh, I mean, even in the NXT days, they, they've they always kind of worked as a team. So I felt like they were the most deserving, quote unquote, for that. Um, honestly, I felt like it started off pretty shaky. I felt like uh, the opening sequences were pretty sloppy. Like they knew what they were wanting to do, but they none of the timing was on like it was. It was almost like you were kind of watching like the beginning of a of a of a college play. Like it's gonna be good, but it's just it feels really awkward. You know, like you can see where it's gonna be good, but there was you could just feel the jitters. Um, I mean, so for me, it was you know, in the Riot Squad came in, uh, it, it it just felt like chaos. Um, it felt like it was hard for them to make spots happen there for a while, but uh, once the Iconics eliminated Naomi and Carmella. Um, it, it really kind of started to pick up. Um, I did write big capital letters, a Naomi and, uh, or a, a, a Naya and Tamina win is not even remotely acceptable to me. <laughs> like that's what I wrote, like in big capital letters. Um, they do eliminate the Iconics, which did suck, but also I feel like that would be a cool, since there's going to be obviously a division for these, uh, that would be a pretty cool sequence of matches, the Iconics versus the big Samoans. Like, I think that's that sounds like a really fun thing to watch to me. Um, I felt like a lot of the, the double pins, like there would be like a lot of times where like a teammate would hop over to help, uh, you know, their teammate pin the person and they always kicked out. It really makes the team look weak to me. Like, don't do a double pin unless it's going to be for their three count to me. Like, you can't have two bodies on top of one and it just be believable with the two. Like, that was honestly my only real knock. But everything else after that was just seamless. Like, even the Naya spot, like, doing the rhino charge into the, the you know, the chamber and a breaking and her selling, like, the knockout was the face that she had. Like, it just looked brutal. It was, like, really awesome, man. The last third of that match like once it got down to like two and then three teams it was just they were on another level man it was just they were going at it those women dude and bailey and sasha really impressed me with the actual team spots they had like the double moves they had i mean going into this match i didn't think that they would i mean i thought they were both great individually the matches they had against each other were phenomenal but i didn't think they would be a good team as a fit but man it it clicked I gave this match three and a half stars. Uh, honestly, if the first third of the match had been, if it had been right off the bat clean, this could have been a four, four and a half star match. Uh, it was really good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, three and a half stars for me. What did you think? Man, we're, we're, we're pretty opposite on this one. We're, we're pretty opposite. I mean, if I had to star it, I'm going to give it a one star. Uh, Main note was I, I don't I think these women need to watch uh, old tape of wrestling. Look out! Um, and 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 here's the thing though. Here's the thing. I even have this in my note. 
I have his. I don't think it's the women's fault though. Right there sounds Watch like a out. jab. Sounds like a jab to the women, and a little bit of it is. I thought the two girls you liked mainly, uh, the Iconics. They, I think, whenever I just saw their entrance, it looked like they probably weren't wrestling fans. I don't know something about it. I just they didn't they didn't look like they were there. And then I noticed it even more in the, in the match. It was like, have they ever seen? wrestling before other than that the other it, it but then i started noticing it between everybody and i think it was the wwe not giving them not having not believing in them in such a big match like the elimin i know they've had other elimination chambers and i've actually thought this in the other women's elimination chamber every time a team came out of a out of their corner whenever the it was their time to come out it was so choreographed everything was such a choreographed moment from the beginning when the first two started and then every time somebody was let out of a chamber there was always at first the other team was already on the outside and it was a setup choreographed moment and if things weren't right everybody was waiting for their spot so if somebody went for a clothesline and they were supposed to miss the clothesline, and the other tag team partner wasn't there. They were just standing there, and I saw that multiple times. It was it was on and on and on. Same with pins, same with anything. And then later on, and I hate to jump to the men's. I thought this before I saw the men's because I wrote all these notes down, and then I saw the men's, and it just seemed more. And at first, I was blaming it all on the women, just thinking, man, they just suck, and they had to choreograph a match. But I, I think uh-huh. that. I think that the that mm. the agents on this match, and this is me, I could be totally wrong. I think mm. the agents didn't believe in them, and mm. they made them choreograph most of this match. And the mm. men got to be more free range because mm. the men's the men's match looked good. They were all smooth Ugh. and just cooling off of each other, and the women just looked like it looked like uh, I went and paid money to go see uh, acrobats. I mean, everything was like, uh, hey, co- I'm going for a clothesline. Are this you ready? This is why we call him the KG Cast Lush. This I mean, is a hey. this is a just coming in hot, throwing <laughs> shots like just heaters all day long, man. But listen to me, it's not the women. I think that I think that they could have done it if they would have. If I think they did do let it. them. I think I they think did they... do it, Casper. You hear me? Well, right? you know what, I Casanova. I disagree. <laughs> I, th- I think I think that they did it. You know what? So we're gonna jump back over to ninety nine. All right. Match number four, ninety nine. You got me all flustered, and I have my paperwork. Mit- Where are we at after? Uh... Oh, going, buddy. You're on a roll. You're just dropping bombs here. So go ahead and tell me what you felt about D'Lo and Henry. Oh God. Versus Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart. Oh God. My first note: the King of Hearts slash Rocket Owen Hart is way better than I am not a Nugget Owen Nugget Owen Hart. King of Hearts. Rocket Owen, way better than Nugget Owen. But Agreed. Owen o- Owen was still amazing. And I just missed that theme song. Doom, tss, doom, tss, yeah, yeah, of course. Great, right. great song, great song. Great. One of the greatest interests. So I just kind of was like, oh, man, this Owen? But other than that, I mean, Owen was still amazing, and I even wrote that. And he's one of the greatest heels ever. And I don't think there will ever be a heel like Owen Hart again. Um, I thought Double J was amazing. But the crowd didn't give a uh, crap about Double J. They just I thought I thought Double J was good, but I don't think the crowd thought he was good. Um, Owen was the opposite. His tag partner Owen was super over. Um, I like seeing D'Lo. 
D'Lo was great. This was kind of the first time I was like, okay, we got some workers in the ring. All right. I, I mean, I'm sitting here. I sat through this whole thing. I've watched the Blue Meanie and Gold Dust. I've watched Midian and Bossman. You know, I'm going. I've been. I watched a guy pin wrap somebody up in a fencing mechanism and pin him for the hardcore title. So at this point, you know, D'Lo Brown, Owen Hart, Double J, things were looking good. You know, it was the first okay match. Uh, I think it was a good heel tag team. It was classic heel tag team uh, Owen Double J. Uh, it was a short match, so I liked it. It was just short. There wasn't a lot of meat to it, though. There wasn't any meaning to it. I didn't know what I was, you know. And I don't I don't remember. Obviously, I didn't watch the Monday Night Raw before it. But mm. um, I gave it a thumbs up. I went with thumbs. You went with stars. If I had to go stars, I'd give it probably like two and a half or three. I don't know. I liked the figure four tap. Somebody tapped to the figure four, which was really cool. Um, I, th- I believe it was Mark Henry tapped to the figure four, or it was D'Lo. I don't remember, but um, it was it was okay. It was okay. And in in reference to the other matches, it was like two thumbs up. But if you just yeah. put it up, if you compare it to wrestling, like or just in general, right. you know what yeah. I mean? It was a thumbs in the middle. I mean, it wasn't anything special. But uh, right. after watching the first three matches, it was one of the greatest matches I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> no man and i mean i agree dude okay here's my here's my thoughts on this match man the very first thing that i wrote down in my notes here was owen hart is the greatest tag team wrestler mm-hmm. of all time mm-hmm. of all time he's the greatest indiv- it's weird to say that because it's like there i feel like there's better teams obviously like very obviously but at the same time like the best i know this sounds strange i don't know how else to say it though the best individual tag team wrestler of all time you know what i, I mean get like, it. Like yeah. he, could, he could make a tag team with any any one individual star that you would think would suck in a tag team. Put him with Owen Hart, boom, 100% legitimate, 100% seamless tag team. Like Owen Hart, Blue Meanie. No, no, no. I mean yeah. Owen Hart, Blue Dust. Dude, no problem. No problem. Owen Hart is that good that he could make it work. That And that's exactly what I mean. That's the, the best way to describe it. So, like, dude, I mean, honestly, I felt like the match itself was much better than I expected. It was smooth. It was quick, but it was I felt like that was kind of the purpose. My only real note was that, like, they had that guitar shot at the end. And I get that that's just gimmick. Like, I get it. They had to use the guitar. But having the debris in the ring and having the no. referee count like that's that really bothered me. Like, it should have just been a chair. Like, if you just hit him with a chair, slide it out of the ring, same exact effect. But it would have been great. Like, the guitar was so silly, though. Uh, honestly, just because of the debris. Like, Dude, if there hadn't been, if it hadn't exploded, like, good I lord. I wrote the same note. It bothered me, too. I wrote the same thing, man. That was yeah, It was yeah. weird. The ref, and then the ref kind of, like, looked at it all. If you watch it, the ref, like, turns around. Yeah, exactly. Kinda, That's exactly what I'm it. saying. Exactly and then what he I'm goes, saying. it was, I, I agree. That's yeah, funny I mean, that you I ended up giving the match two stars total, but that's, like, okay. Almost, okay. that's almost quadruple what I've given the rest of the show as a whole. Yeah. Um. You know. So let's let's hop back over to 2019. Uh, we're just coming off of the women's tag titles uh, being awarded to Sasha Banks and Bailey. I mean, again, I loved it. He hated it. Whatever. Ah! Match number two was Miz and Mac. Yep. Which is Miz and Shane McMahon versus The Bar, which is Sheamus and Cesaro. Um. SmackDown tag titles on the line. 
I, like as soon as he had this big moment, baby face moment with Maurice about like we're having a new baby. I was like, well, they're changing the titles. Like he's losing tonight, no doubt. Like ninety percent, definitely losing. Uh, I mean, it just it felt strange. Uh, the crowd was pretty into the match though, um, and honestly, this kind of like proves the point that we were talking about last month. Um, as far as like the AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan thing, you know, they came after the women's Royal Rumble and we were like, oh, well, you know, the crowd was dead because of how long the Rumble was. I was like, dude, that Elimination Chamber was really long. And Shane McMahon and The Miz had the crowd hype as hell in match number two right out of the gate. So, you know, I do still feel like that match was a dud. Uh, I mean, it to me, it was almost like a basic Memphis style tag team match with like, you know, a lot of heat. And then the hot tag for Shane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, they ended up getting screwed at the end. It was a pretty much a basic, you know, Memphis-style 80s tag match. And I love those kind of matches. Uh, there's kind of an art to that. Um, the elbow drop to the table was great. You know, Shane always delivers those big high spots in the pay-per-views. Um, I gave the match three stars. Uh, did end up giving, you know, the women's chamber a half star more. Uh, but it was a really good match. The momentum for the show I thought was really good. Um, and so in match number two, you know, we have six and a half stars so far from me, uh, you know, and in 99, we have a total of, I think we're at two and a half stars total. Mm. So, so yeah, I mean, 19 is winning by far here. I think we're both, you know, really giving it to, to 19. Um, you know, what did you actually think about that Miz, uh, Shane versus the bar? Yeah, I think it was, a, I think it was a really good, uh, placement for the match and it helped get the show along. Um, I liked, I actually liked the commentary and I think the, the commentary helped to really build the Usos as being, you know, a great, they were really help. I mean, it made me feel as I'm watching it, I've been watching wrestling so long. I was like, yeah, the Usos are one of the greatest tag teams of all along, you know, of all time. Shit. Yeah. Um, I really liked that. Um, I didn't think it was weird though. Aren't Samoans supposed to be fat? They're, what is it? What is that with your obsession with fat Samoans, man? But I just like they're, they're supposed, not though. I mean, Joe I mean, Kizuna, the Rock is not Umaga. fat. Come on, the Rock's supposed to be fat. He's just a fat person hiding inside of a really fit person's body. You're crazy. Why? Why? What is the obsession <laughs> with fat Samoans, man? Come they're on, man. I mean, I would say I would fat. say probably I would say it's probably. I mean. Okay, first of all, look I wouldn't at the, say fat. Look at the history I, of Samoans. Say, this is why you can't really say fat, because look at Samoa Joe. Dude is would, would be considered fat, right? But he's – dude, that dude could run probably 15 miles. Like, that's what I mean. He, that's not necess- – it's just his actual genetics. Like, he's not like – I don't know. I feel like when you say fat, it means, like, out of shape, like, has – Yokozuna, fat on you. Umaga, Rosie and Jamal, uh, the wild of- Samoans – Fat, 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 and fat. Have you ever seen uh, The Rock when he was a baby? He was a fat freaking baby. I'm just saying. Samoans are supposed to be fat, all right? No, I um, mean, I, I, but, but, but what's the obsession, though? I mean, are they supposed to be fat? Listen, I was a really big Yokozuna fan, and I just, I feel like whenever, I, I just feel like, Growing up, all Samoans in my life were fat, and now these Samoans are coming in now. Iconic Samoans. Iconic Samoans. Jimmy Snuka. Literally never fat. Never fat. Okay. Wait. You know what? I'm done with this podcast. 
You proved my point, and I'm mad now. You are... No way. He's but from yeah. the Fiji Islands. He's not Samoan. He's from the Fiji Islands. He's Samoan. He's part of the family, bro. They just build him from the Fiji Islands. No, we keep this kayfabe. He's from the Fiji. Oh, wait. No, that means Yoko's from Japan. So never mind. <laughs> yeah, let's hard pass on that. All but right. Yeah, no, I agree, man. The Usos were on fire. Yeah, and Jimmy has lost the weight, too, to where they actually look both yeah. super fit. Like, they look like twins again. Because they did go through about a five- or six-year period where it was obvious between the two. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. But, dude, he's trimmed down, and they both got, like, it's almost, it, dude, they almost have, like, the same beard length. And it's not, it doesn't even look like it's well-groomed. So it's, like, yeah. like it's just, that's how they naturally, they're just literally living that gimmick. And it's so good, man. Like, it, it, they're such a good team. Uh, but I do, and I honestly feel like they both be so great. I'm gonna hate to say this later, but I think that that team would do great to leave the WWE when their contract runs up. I don't think they will because it's a family thing. Mm-hmm. But I think that they would, dude. Young Bucks versus the Usos would be absolute fire, dude. It would be absolute fire. Never heard of them. Uh, let's see. Uh. <laughs> Um, what did I put here? Yeah, no, no, actually, I thought the match was a little bit too long. I don't know what you thought about that. And then also, I noticed again. So first of all, one of my first notes was Shane and the Miz is just a weird tag team. And I know obviously it's supposed to be kind of like kind of weird, but it's just kind of it's just it's weird. And then sh- then the Miz or not the Miz, then Shane gets so blown up every match, and his face gets so like puffy and red and he looks like he's about to have a heart attack he's he doesn't slow down and he does a great job and he commits to every move but it's like it kind of sometimes make me feel it makes me feel a little uncomfortable seeing his head so puffy and just look it's so i don't know it's like come on shane dog i love you but anyway the match was a little too long could have been a little shorter but i thought it was a thought it was a good match and it told a good story and like you said it was a it was a good old classic tag team match with some hot tags i liked it i like i like the whole match and it made me a believer the usos i've always i'm i'm just i'm an old school guy and people will probably get that from me where i'm always thinking the 90s were better and the 80s were better so any you know i just it's hard for me to get on a team like the usos but it's so weird to say but the miz and shane mcmahon versus the usos kind of made me into the usos like it took this long after five title reigns, oh, this is their the sixth Usos, title man. reign. Come on, man. I'm, a, I'm an Uso, man. I know. I hold off, man. I'm, I'm yeah, a hater. Day one. I'm a hater, man. And they weren't, and they're Samoans, and they're not fat. You know, it took me a while. I was like, <laughs> you know, they should have been fat, but you know. All right, now, back on over to 99 before we get thrown off the podcast network. <laughs> Val Venus versus Ken Shamrock with Billy Gunn as a special guest referee. Gee, I wonder what this finish could be. Mm. like come on man like mm. dude anytime you have okay i mean so they kept the storyline going from the triangle they had going on at the last pay-per-view uh, which was royal rumble that we covered in our first episode uh check it out in the archives um yeah it's just it felt like it would have been better without billy the match would have been better without billy and had billy come in and do a run in the same way they had with val Venus in the last one it would have been way better that way his counts were way too slow, um, a full five minutes too long. Um, I gave this match three quarters of a star just because the actual work 
uh, in between Billy Gunn being douchey was pretty decent. I mean, Ken Shamrock actually looked smoother in this match than I felt like his Royal Rumble match. So I ended up giving it three quarters of a star, a little more than a half star, almost a full thumbs in the middle, I guess, or thumbs, you know, 30% in the middle. Um, what did you think about Val Venus versus Ken Shamrock? Yeah, I think Billy Gunn took took away from the match. He was more over just because of the DX thing and how hot DX was and all the suck it thing. So he was just way more over than – and it wasn't Val Venus or Shamrock's fault is what I'm saying, and, and he just took away from it. So why they just threw him out there to be special guest almost seemed like they didn't believe in Val Venus and Shamrock, and it just – I I just come on why why do that um compared to, to but compared to WWE now I mean Val Shamrock and Billy Gunn all seem like super over I kind of noticed that and I put that note in here after I watched the 2019 pay-per-view just the pops that everybody was getting and I think the crowd was just so hot and they knew Vince McMahon and Austin was getting even closer that they were getting so hot but just how big of stars Val Venus, Shamrock and Billy Gunn all really were in the wrestling world and those fans were just so so that part was cool um this the story like you were talking about they kind of carried along this story which kind of was one of those given given a match a story just to have a story kind of like the blue meanie match and the the bob holly match but this one kind of i guess you could say had a little more legs to it had a little more longevity to it um it it made it mean a little bit more than i just comparing it to the, all the other matches because really this uh, Really, this was just another dumb match. I mean, this was really another. They were really trying to just get to 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 Austin McMahon, but at least this one had a little bit of a story that we had had meaning from past past shows. Um, there was one really cool line from Jerry the King that I wrote down, um, where uh, he said uh, he. Talking about the ref, he said he's not even watching the action. He could be in the NFL next year. And I thought that was really, really compelling as we think about the Saints game from the NFL championship. I just thought that that was really awesome. Um, Other than that, the match was really too long. Uh, I thought Ken Shamrock was a badass. Uh, I said thumbs in the middle. Thumbs in the middle. Good good, um, try, I guess compared to the other matches go you good good you get <laughs> good they get try. a sticker oh nice try buddy good good sticker you get a thumbs up sticker i don't know right. I, again yeah, it was another I mean, bad match on this bad paper yeah i feel like we've kind of run that that one's kind of run its course yeah uh let's bounce on over back over to uh 2019 let's cover lashley and leo rush versus balor for the ic title man uh you know what you know, I know you were talking about your Saints and the referees mm. and all that bummer, but I got to tell you, you know, <laughs> I feel like Balor, uh, you know, with that Irish descent, there's a lot of Irish uh, descent in Boston, too. And, you know, oh, God. we're raising, uh, we're on to seven this year. Oh, he also man. got the number 12 right behind you, uh, you know, the goat there. I don't know oh. if Balor's going to be the goat, but... Um, but he did come away with the IC title, and honestly, man, I thought this match was, like, the best it could possibly be for what they had. Um, I mean, Lashley came in and was just a, a boulder, uh, and all the cool spots were Leo Rush and Balor, and 
I mean, I think Leo Rush is going to be a huge star. I think he's going to do really well. He's got the gift of gab. He can cut great promos, and he's actually pretty good in the ring. He's super small, but, man, I mean, it, he is literally the heel version of Rey Mysterio to me because he can do everything in the ring with his small stature, any kind of flips and crazy crazy spots you want to see. But you make him the heel uh, on promos, and you have something original. You have a, an actual Rey Mysterio true heel, which has never but ever happened in the business. I think that this dude is, is all well on his way. Um, you know, we've talked, I've talked about Balor, uh, in, in, you know, in the last episode too, with some of his, his work to me is a little too smooth. Uh, you know, you're talking about, you were talking about the women's chamber feeling a little too choreographed and that's kind of how I feel like Balor works It's too smooth to the point where it's so much finesse that I forget that it's even violent. Uh, and that's kind of a problem as weird as that is to say. I like that. Um, I like that. I like how you said that. That's good. But, but the finish was the finish was great. I mean, the fin- the whole sequence was really cool. Um, I mean, Balor was believable. Um, I mean, thus far, I feel like this entire show, as far as the Elimination Chamber 19, has been a B plus show, and I feel like the 99 show is a D minus show. Uh, it's weird because I feel like we're like six matches in to 99, and only like three matches in or four matches in to uh, 19. But uh, I mean, maybe that's you know, something to be said there too. Uh, you know, it's it's just a much better show. And again, on WWE compared to Royal Rumble being way too long and feeling dragged out, I felt like this entire show, the Elimination Chamber, they really heard that the audience. It was it started a little earlier than we expected. It started at 6 p.m. Central, uh, which is you know 30 minutes to an hour. The main car did early, uh, and I like that. I feel like the whole show was over by 9:30. Uh, it made sense. Um, everything didn't it didn't feel too long or too short for those matches everything they had the story wise in 19 felt good uh especially where we are in the show now uh what did you think about lashley and rush versus valor man how did you feel about that ic title match i loved it i gave it three stars man, i didn't love I, I didn't love it but i didn't hate it i thought it was just an okay it was an okay match i mean kind of what you were saying it's always been my gripe about finn is and a lot of guys too uh, are doing this um it, like that you said it so perfectly it, there's so much finesse it doesn't look violent i really like that that was awesome um i thought that that uh, leo rush that's his name right leo yeah what's yeah i mean he was the best part he yeah, was that's absolutely. what i wrote down he was the best part he made the match for me uh it kind of just seemed i don't know i I wasn't into it. It didn't seem, I mean, it was for the intercontinental title and that's one of my favorite titles. It just, the match was, I don't know to me, it was kind of boring. Uh, I really, one of my favorite parts though, was actually just to, to wrap the match up for me, the match was okay. It wasn't anything special, but a really cool thing that I like, I want to give props to Bobby Lashley at the end, how mad he was to lose that title. Yeah, he did the the thing where he not where he uh he turned on uh Leo, but just he was out of the ring. He was screaming. He got he got mad. Like he hit the ring out of the ring. He dropped down from the apron and kind of just you know got really mad and clinched and screamed. And then he walked up the ramp and he kind of threw his hand up and screamed. I don't know. He just really it was a good uh good job of he selling sold yeah, he, yeah, he sold, sold the it. fact that he lost this intercontinental title he made the it com- feel important i agree right and then the commentary came up and said 
something about how important Finn Balor thinks the the Intercontinental Title is. They didn't say Bobby Lashley was talking about how, but then you so you so they're telling you, yeah, Finn Balor thinks that this is a really important title. Then you're seeing Bobby like I don't know, just I love the Intercontinental Title and just seeing it, it was really good. Um, and I did write a note. I don't know how Bobby Lashley or Finn Balor are passing a urine test, and I'd like to know how um, because. Those dudes are roiding it up, cut up. Finn Balor? No other. Yeah. Are you kidding? Bruh. Dude, he's like a CrossFit king. Like, dude, that dude is not on. Are you kidding? Are you uh, joking? Is. Him and, him and Bobby are You're, getting it from silly. the same guy. They're getting it from the same guy. You don't know that. Bobby Lashley is 100% using special, special vitamins, okay? Mm-hmm. And so is Finn. Fowler is just shredded, dude. The dude eats like kale and protein, and that's it. Like you know what you look like whenever you all the time. Like you know dude, what you look like. Shredded. You know what you look like when you do all that stuff. You look like AJ Styles or um or 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 dude the champion on SmackDown. I can't I, the, whatever the hell his name is. Can't think of his name. That's what you Daniel look like. Brian? Daniel Bryan. That's what you look Jeez. like whenever you do CrossFit and you eat kale. You don't look like Finn frickin' Balor. Good that Lord. dude is on steroids. You're Telling crazy. I can't You're wait crazy. until he gets popped for it. You're insane. Let's you know what? Let's get off this. Let's get off it. Let's go back over to ninety nine. And this is where business starts to pick up, as good old JR would say, uh, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Uh the match was Triple H and Xbox. Or DX versus Kane and China. China had just joined the corporation, so you could say DX versus the corporation here. Um, uh, honestly, right off the bat, I felt like Triple H and Xbox both were selling pretty hard for China, which I, which is awesome, especially now looking back at it. It's they were, you know, they wanted to to put her over. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shane is awful on commentary, like just absolutely terrible, especially in 1999, like it, like excruciatingly bad. Uh, I mean, I wrote like two lines about how bad it is. Uh, <laughs> you know, one thing that always really, this is just something me being petty. Okay, this is me being a petty like image nerd. Like, okay, so you have Kane and China on one side. Kane wears the black and white with the sleeve and the sleeveless right hand or whatever, right? Always in the black and red. I'm sorry, black and red. And on the opposite side, Triple H decides to wear black and red trunks instead of the black and green to match X-Pac. And that bothers the hell out of me, man. Like, why? Why? Why, why would you do that? Like, Didn't it, lo- it seem like they would never do that today? Never. It didn't, would, didn't it seem Vince like that would, would never? never allow that today. Yeah. Never allow that today. Like, I thought that. Eh, terrible, man. I mean, it was just, there were some clunky spots in there. Um but at the same time, there was there was some really good action. There was some really good spots too. Uh, the crowd seemed really into it. Like I mean, way way hot for it. Um, and th- you know, there were a couple really good hot tags. I ended up giving the match two stars because I felt like the in ring work wasn't great, but they definitely had the crowd like by the balls, and they had a couple of really big high spots that were pretty good. How did you feel about DX versus the Corporation? Yeah. Um. I'll start. I was going to go on what you were saying about Triple H, but I'll go to the beginning. I love Kane's entrance. It made me just miss that Kane entrance of the with his music and the entrance. I wrote again like I did uh, last month's episode. Shane's commentary is just god-awful. I know last month he did uh, the Heat 
commentary, and he did it for a lot longer than he did this match. And uh, so be thankful you only had to listen to it for a little bit because his commentary is terrible. I thought DX was great. Like you said, they were selling. Um, man, there was, uh, there was a part, though, where Triple H goes and grabs the mic and says these words. Come out here and get your big jacked up bass kicked, bitch. And I just thought, whoa, the times have changed. He called her a jacked up ASS and then called her the B word. I just thought, wow, that's crazy. And that's Triple H Hunter, who pretty much is, you know, one of the top guys in WWE to think now. But. And the reason I wrote that down was because of also the red tights thing you were saying with him. For me, it just really showed like it almost like I was watching it and just looking at the I don't know, looking at the 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 set and everything was like, man, I didn't notice it back then. But WWE was still not regional. Obviously, they were worldwide, but they were still part of that regional. They were still had their, but they, they weren't they, though. Like they were making, they made more money then. No, but, than but ever before. But they still had, they still, they still could, were in arm's crack. reach. They were still were in crack. arm's reach of the WWF. Like they were still part of the WWF. You know, Vince McMahon Senior. And then they went corporate, and then now they're what they are now, which is totally different. Where, like you're saying, nobody would ever be able to go out with red and black on, and now it's like so. It, now it's like a corporate, real, yeah. you know, thing. And like just watching that, and Triple H come out and saying, "Come and get your jacked, jacked up butt out here." You, you know what? It just was. I don't know. I miss that, and I and I know WWE would never be like that again, but. Uh, I don't know why I'm, that's just how terrible of a person I am that I missed. I, I miss terrible things like that. But I gave the th- I gave the match a thumbs down. I didn't like it. Didn't it just like it, it. it didn't. It wasn't. Yeah. They so didn't. Thus far, thus far again, we're in episode two here, guys. And we got to say, you know, we started this show thinking, you know, we're both two attitude era kids. And we thought it'd be a really fun idea to, you know, do some nostalgia shows versus some current product stuff. Uh, you know, no one else is doing it now. And we felt like it would be really fun. And, you know, show number two, you know, we're only two shows in. But, you know, the more we really dissect everything, 2019 is just killing it compared to 99. But uh, wait. Brandon, okay, but go wait. Ahead, go ahead. G- give it to me, KG. That's because we've compared to two... 99 shows if we go 25 years with the heartbreak kid it'll be way better because 1999 ah, Shawn maybe, Michaels is maybe out. in that dude maybe Let's in specific matches maybe well even you know even in our first episode we talked about you know the rock and mankind that I quit match it was so iconic I mean we we almost gave it a third of the show just mm-hmm. because of how huge and the impact of it is too so we're, we're not we're not negating the weight of the history here okay we have respect for our elders we respect where we came from we were both kids in high school and middle school saying suck it to our friends like we were both wearing austin 316 t-shirts like we were both in the vibe 100 percent when it happened wait there a minute were, 
right on the pulse of the times. 1999 was just a weird, cruddy kind of time, dingy, dirty kind of era. I mean, that's just oh, the yeah. way it was in society in general compared to now where everything is trying to be a little bit more PC and being more friendly. We're not saying that one is better than the other, by the way. We're just comparing and contrasting yeah. the two societies that we have both lived through. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man, I agree that, you know, we could go back to 25 years. And you know what? You might be right. There might be a king of the ring back there that could knock our socks off and just make us feel like, yeah, it was better back then. And honestly, I hope so. For the show's sake, for our sake, I think it would be <laughs> great, man. I think it would be great. But thus far through this show oh yeah, and, and our you know first two shows – 2019 is by far and away the winner, so we're going to go ahead and back, oh, you yeah. know, jump back over to 2019 while we're at it. Uh, match number four on the current card was Ronda Rousey versus Ruby Riot, which is really just a glorified squash match, if we're being honest, mm. uh, which kind of sucks. I mean, why didn't you just have like a, a contract signing for Mania with Rousey and Charlotte and then have the same exact segment and you don't have to poop all over everything Ruby Riot's been building. Like, there was no reason to squash her on this pay-per-view, man. Like, you could have just had a, a contract signing, had Becky show up, and just throw haymakers with them crutches like she did. Uh, oh, very oh. Austin-esque. Like, I mean, to the point where there's probably backstage heat on her. I mean, she was oh, yeah. losing her mind with them crutches. I mean, headshots in WWE. That does not happen anymore. I mean, legit headshots. Busted open Rousey dude I mean in her head that that has not happened in years like I loved it it was phenomenal the match sucked it was garbage there was no reason to have it again but the post match alone alone gave it three stars it would have been four full stars had it just been a segment and not buried Ruby Riot it lost a full star just for burying a really good talent man what did you think about this whole segment slash match Man, I have a lot of to agree with you, but I I do want to go back uh, a little bit. You said we were both uh, back in like high school and middle school wearing Stone Cold Steve Austin shirts. Stone Cold uh, beat Shawn Michaels in WrestleMania 14, so I was actually a little bitter and I was not wearing Stone Cold shirts. I just want to put that out there. I was only wearing Shawn Michaels shirts. I was a weird kid, and now looking back, I wish I was wearing Stone Cold shirts. I don't know why I wanted to make that clear to everybody. But uh, yeah, I uh, I actually was very bitter for Stone Cold and for a so lot of years. You're with the click, you're with yeah. the click for life. For life, and I and I thought I was for life, and then I got older and I was like, oh shit, Stone Cold was so much cooler. Um, no, dude, this match, bro. Obviously, it was like, why are they even having this match? I didn't even think I have an autograph signing because I'm not that smart but obviously that would have been way better um i did like how or yeah what did i say autograph i want her (laughs) autograph because i'm thinking of Shawn michaels so much i'm like i want his autograph (laughs) i just i said Shawn michaels so many times i'm like i want his autograph uh contract signing um i liked ronda rousey's mortal Kombat tribute that was pretty cool because i guess she's uh i didn't know that but she's gonna be the voice on Mortal Kombat video game and she dressed up like a Mortal Kombat figure uh or character if anybody was wondering why she had a different outfit on that's why i thought that was really cool other than that it was like so obvious ronda was gonna win so other than that it was all about becky lynch and those crutches swings dog i loved it i mean how hard she was hitting her and then after the fact when you see dude when you see ronda bloody 
Oh, it was amazing. Dude, when she was swinging on Charlotte, I was like, I was right away, you were able to see the red marks like as they were going. I knew she was hitting her. I, I'd like to know if that was, I, I'd like to know if she's going to get heat on that or they kind of sat him down and said, swing away, swing away, Jack. You know, it's like signs, I mean, swing away. They're not I, slowing down. I mean, there might be some some backstage heat, but I feel like, you know, Ronda Rousey's, She's tough, dude. I mean, she's obviously yeah. tough. I mean, look well, where she came from. Like, and Charlotte has always taken big shots, man. People mm-hmm. want to people want to bust on Charlotte, dude, but she deserves where, where she's at. Like, no doubt about it. Like, she is a phenomenal in ring worker. Like, regardless dude. of, uh, like, sure, like maybe in the NXT days in the early beginning, I may have been on that side. I mean, I was probably the guy, you know, folding my arms and saying like, you need to impress me because you're Flair's daughter or whatever. But dude, I mean, even before she made it to the main roster, I was already sold on her. Okay, so like. All this talk, like all these, you know, would be smarks that are like, oh, yeah, she's just here because whatever. She's ruining Becky's moment. Dude, first of all, like, this is a business, man. And you have to think about, like, the actual mainstream and the casual fans that just watch pay per views, and that's it, too. Like, those people want to see that match. I mean, that Charlotte, mm-hmm. Ronda Rousey, like, WrestleMania match. And honestly, as a three way match, it's going to be fantastic. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember WrestleMania 20 with Triple H and Shawn Michaels and He Who Must Not Be Named, but that was a phenomenal, phenomenal main event. It was phenomenal. Like, no one talks about it, and everyone wants to brush it under the rug as a a WrestleMania main event. And make no mistake about it, with Becky Lynch working the way she is and how over she is, that women's match is the main event of the Mm. evening at WrestleMania. Mark my words. I I didn't think it would happen. But I, it's happening. It has it, to happen. Becky it, Lynch is the most over wrestler in the world. Period. Women, man, whatever. She is the most over wrestler, and deservedly so. From casuals, from smarks, from dirt sheet writers, from the wrestlers themselves, she deserves all of it. And I think that it's going to mean even more when she beats both of them at Mania. Mm-hmm. So that. So when you bitch about it should just be Becky and Ronda and it's going to taint her moment. Dude, when she beats both of them, it's over. She is the first ever women's Hogan, women's Austin, women's Cena, whatever. She is made for life. She is the main event woman. She is the man for life. It's it's going to be amazing. I'm, I'm super pumped to see it. I'm supposed to be the KG one, not you. Okay. So sorry, you got me working. It's not up. the KG. It's not KG Daniel. It's KG Cass. Okay, and I just want to show you right here. I put right here in my notes. Look at that. It says Becky. Becky is most over person in company. I 100% agree. Another thing I liked is both homegirls while they were getting smacked with that had the opportunity to roll out of the ring. I mean, they were right there next to the ropes and they, they kept did. getting they it. Did. And I was like. I was starting in my head like I probably would have rolled out of there. I probably rolled, a ro- but you're right, dog. You know, I think it's gonna be better. It's better to have a triple threat. I mean, I don't know why people are against it, and we don't know that it's. I mean, do we? Did they confirm it's gonna be a triple threat? No, yet? but it's but, gonna be a triple okay. threat. I mean, gonna, come on. Listen, it's it's better for Becky, just like you said. You know, unfortunately, people don't want to talk about WrestleMania 20. And we all know why, because Shawn Michaels didn't win. Uh, so exactly why. That's, there's, you know, I don't know any other reason why you wouldn't want to talk about WrestleMania 20, but 
Anyway, what's uh, what's 99? Where's what's uh, what's 99? We are at Mankind versus The Rock. It's a Last Man Standing match. Uh, coming off of that epic, I mean, epic, historical yeah. I Quit match. Because I, I needed to see this match. Again. Um, I mean, but honestly, as far as actual work. As far as actual wrestling match, much better match, in my opinion. Like, legitimately much much better match. And the crowd was really into it. Like, honestly, I feel like the I Quit match is only remembered because of the brutality. And it was epically brutal, like, to a point where it was uncomfortable. Um, but you know what? We talked about that, too. Emotion is a good thing. And, if you know, if you're not ready to feel uncomfortable watching a TV show, then you should not ever watch HBO or Showtime or anything that could be edgy. Like, that's... A silly thing. I mean, anyway, uh, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was a pretty good match back and forth, man. I mean, I thought the steps into the ring on Mankind was sick uh, from out, from in the ring onto the floor on Mankind. It looked brutal, uh, but it, it looked safer than the I Quit match. Uh, the finish was pretty cheap. Uh, definitely hurt the overall rating, but, but yeah, man, I mean, I gave the match three stars. I mean, the whole, it was, cons- you know, it was consistent throughout and, you know, those dudes are great. Um, what do you think about two legends squaring off again? Man, I mean, it's always good seeing two legends square off again like that. Um, and, and maybe it's just because the last month, you know, we we just watched them wrestle that I quit match. And this was another type of hardcore match. It was a last man standing match, if I'm not mistaken. I just think uh, Mick Foley wasn't. You know, one-dimensional, and it, it, and I was joking all the other times I was bringing up Shawn Michaels, but this time I want to bring up Shawn Michaels a little more serious. Shawn Michaels um, and Mick Foley, Mankind, at uh, In Your House Mind Games had a really good match, and they kept it in the ring. They used a little bit of, you know, outside stuff. I just feel like they could have had a, you know, they went outside and went all around. I, I, I was just... You know, I just saw it with the I Quit match. It was kind of like, why do this all again? And then there was some, there were some chair shots. Uh, I, yeah, it was a good match. Um, I, it just wasn't anything to to write home about. It wasn't anything special. I'll give it a, you know, I give it a, a thumbs up, definitely. But it wasn't um, nothing. I'll, you know, I'm not gonna go back and watch it on purpose. No, I agree. I mean, I agree. Uh... And again, like, I think the I Quit match is just so historic and right. so notable for the brutality. Uh, I mean, we broke that down, you know, in our in our last episode. Again, in the archives, go check that out. Um, yeah, I mean, it was what it was. But, I mean, again, you know, seeing The Rock versus Mankind is, is never a bad thing. So, again, you know, I'll give it, mm-hmm. I ended up giving it three stars just because, uh, you know, the clout they had. It was over. Uh, but, again, jumping over to 2019... We have Corbin versus Strowman in a no DQ match. Uh, it almost felt like another little squash, uh, with uh, the post match being kind of more important than the match itself. Uh, and I'm I'm okay with that to an extent, um, but it almost felt like they were just felt like they were running too long in the show and cut the match short. And uh, you know, because the post match felt like they kind of rushed through that too. Uh, and it really kind of sucks that the name they're pushing is the trio. This trio, they kept saying the trio, and I'm like, oh god, please don't make them just the trio. That's a terrible name <laughs> for a stable. Like, the idea of that stable seems pretty cool to me. Um, I actually kind of like Baron Corbin, man. People like knock him. I think he's a pretty decent worker. Like, I'm I'm not really against 
him at all. So I, I like the stable. I feel like Drew McIntyre is definitely going to leave when his contract's up again. Uh, and he's going to do really well wherever he goes. Because uh, they just don't know what to do with him. I mean, he's a beast, and he's a great worker, and he's good on the mic. He's believable. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, it was a it was a thumbs slightly up from the middle, um, but not too much more than that. What did you think about again this match slash segment? Really? Mm, yeah, I wrote uh, a bunch of Z's down on my paperwork. I mean, it just on my notes. Uh, it, it was just. I don't know. For me, it was boring. I don't know. And then the trio, that whole thing. And then I see McIntyre, and, and all I could think of when I saw him was, man, why didn't they have, why didn't they do something? Why aren't they doing something with him? Why is this, you know? All all he did was come out and stand stand up there and, and, and put their arms up and then they did something like the shield, if that if I'm not mistaken, and the commentary even talked about it. They said they're doing a tribute to the shield. I didn't really understand that. I, I don't I don't I, think I, it was a tribute thing. I think they were just saying like they're we mocking? haven't seen a trio like this since the shield or something like that. Oh, I, but I, I they thought just... they said they're mocking the shield no, because they no, did a no uh, they weren't I don't think that was the case at all. Well, I'm someone who watches wrestling, and that confuses me. So I I don't know whose fault that was, whether if it was commentary or what. But that was, I don't know. It just sucked to me. That was it was a thumbs down all the way. And 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 it sucks because Braun's so good. I love Braun Strowman. Uh, yeah, it was bad. And then and then after that, what happens? They had a couple packages, and then Lacey Evans walks out. And then turns around and goes right the back F in, right back in. I mean, what was that? Did you see that? Yeah, it was pretty terrible. What was that? What do you think? I mean, uh, she just walked. I liked her in the Royal Rumble when she came out saluting in her little sailor outfit. I was like, all right, you know. I'm not going to say what uh, Conrad what says. I'll say I, that was a who dat for me. I'm not going to say <laughs> the other thing. But... Uh, and it was a hoot at tonight, but she just walked out and walked right back in. I didn't, I didn't understand what it was. It was really weird. It was really weird. It was weird. Totally was weird. Vince's idea. Totally Vince's probably, idea. Probably, probably. It was probably a Vince thing. Uh, I mean, let's not spend too much more time on this one, man. Let's put, let's <laughs> jump back over and let's cover the main event. Uh, honestly, the only redeeming factor of uh, this entire show in 1999, St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Your main event is Austin versus McMahon in a steel cage match. Uh, the cat and mouse of them just getting into the cage and having all those big spots uh, it was great. I mean, I, I feel like I had to be mostly Pat Patterson like helping them put that together. Um, and, you know, because Vince is not a worker. And it, it, I... They did this whole match the best way they could. You know what I mean? I mean, it wasn't a match really as as much as it was like a WWE gimmick filled angle driven big spot car crash, you know, from the Attitude Era. And Vince, you know, sold like I mean, so blown up in so many spots. I mean, it's just so many times Vince was trying to or you know, Steve was trying to pick him up and like do something with him and he would just like lay there and not let him pick him up like <laughs> i mean you could just tell that especially after that huge bump off the cage which you know i get that like you know you took a huge bump off the cage you're old 
you don't you're not an active wrestler i mean you shouldn't be taking him anymore after that uh but i mean that i mean again back to that bump though i mean epic timeless that you know oh, God. that hop off the cage was just insane um you know i mean and debut of paul white the big show was was a huge plus here too uh, you know, honestly, not not a lot of. Uh, I give the match two and a half stars, and that might sound low, but really, it wasn't a wrestling match, and so to give it two and a half stars, for it to be pretty much just Gaga and gimmick, I mean, that's pretty awesome. Like, I mean, Vince did a great job, you know, serving his purpose, and the whole match was great. Uh, I mean, the finish is, you know, is is always been kind of controversial how the Big Show debuts as McMahon's henchman and ends up causing Steve Austin to win the match has kind of like haunted his career almost, you know, but, but, uh, you know, overall in the moment, I thought it was great, man. What'd you think? Man, there's not much more to say about it. It was the match everyone was waiting for. Um, I, I just wish there was a better undercard for this match. It was, it was the match everyone was waiting for. Austin had such a big pop when he came out. It was amazing. Vince just looked freaking jacked, and he's still jacked today. Um, man, if I was going to give it stars, like I said, there wasn't that much more I can add to it. If I was going to give it stars, I'd say four stars because how unathletic Vince McMahon obviously is. I mean, the guy is just un- unathletic. They were able to tell this great story. He told a better story than uh, than peop- than any match on the on the 2019 card. I mean, like look at their match. And then, like we were saying about Finn Balor, everything just I hate that choreographed shit because back in the day things weren't choreographed, and you could just tell they were just they had a plan and they went out there and they executed it, and it was sloppy. But the sloppiness of it was real, and it made it good. And that's what people like. People like whenever you mess up. People like whenever you watch Saturday Night Live and you see him kind of start giggling. That's like the best part. I mean, it was – I thought it was fantastic. It was the best part of the night. It was obviously what everybody was there to see. Um, Like I said, I wish they – I mean, if they had a better undercard, this would be one of the most talked about pay-per-views of all time. But it was probably – I don't know – I mean, we could, if you really want to go down and look at it, this might be the worst undercard for a main event, for a main event in the history of pay per views. I mean, oh, don't just, speak too soon, Mr. Uh-oh. KG. Okay. Don't speak too soon. Okay. We'll get there. It's one we'll of them. We'll get there, man. It's one Come of on, them. Come on, dude. Next year um, we got 2000, the year 2000, those matches. Do you, you remember know, WrestleMania 2000? The whole card? I was in mourning because... The worst because, WrestleMania of all time. like, Or at least the, one of the top five worst WrestleManias ever. Because Shawn Michaels wasn't there, I know. Um, yeah, uh, Vince's table bump was was terrible. And I just, I'm just i trying to get slowly have people realize, wow, this guy is really in love with Shawn Michaels. Um, yeah, it was, it was great. I gave it four stars, two thumbs up. Vince McMahon's table bump was incredible. The story they told was awesome. Let's go to 2019. All right, man. The main elimination event here, chamber. The main event here, the elimination chamber. AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan versus Randy Orton versus Jeff Hardy versus Samoa Joe versus the new but old amazing new darling Kofi Kingston. This match was incredible. 
Uh, I, I loved it. I thought I thought it was really, 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 really good. I mean, honest to God, this might be the very my second favorite ever Elimination Chamber match, ever. With with the very first what, one what, being my would be my being my favorite, of course, because even as doo doo poopy brown tight. <laughs> Michael Sean Hickenbottom, Michael a.k.a. Sean. Heartbreak Kid, a.k.a. the showstopper, the icon, the main event, Shawn Michaels, won Woo! the world title for the last time in his career. Yeah, so that was an amazing, amazing moment for me as a fan, as well as for you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't remember number that. Two, though. This might be number two. I mean, <laughs> dude, it was just it was so good. Kofi, when he finally got out, just came out on fire, man. I, I mean... Dude, after that first big running knee from Daniel, about five minutes before the end of the show, like I thought for sure, I was like, well, this would make sense where to end the show. I looked at the clock, and I was like, man, he kicked out. And I was like, are they like they they sold me, man? Like the storytelling they've been doing with Kofi Kingston is undeniably amazing. Like you, you cannot, marked. dude, you cannot <laughs> hate it though. Like it, it it's so good. Like. They've done so well with this, with this one dude. Who would have thought even two months ago? Hey, Kofi Kingston's going to be the headliner at the pay per view right before Mania with Daniel Bryan for the world title. Everyone would have been like, "That's awful. It's going to be so bad." But everyone, even deep internet marks, love this. This is so good, and he's working on fire. Like he knows this is probably going to be the last big singles push he ever gets and honest to god i don't know if they don't give him the title at mania and have the new day break up and and make like xavier a huge heel to run with like uh, it, it would be massive it, it would do big business no one deserves it more honestly in the company maybe miz at this point but kofi i mean dude everything about this was great uh, even Jeff Hardy got good shine in this match. It served his purpose. His nostalgia pop was phenomenal. Um, he had one little hiccup, you know, in the corner, but redeemed himself really well, and it didn't mess up his clothes. He may have gotten some heat for that, but it, it was smooth. Uh, he, he he his remedy was smooth. Um, I, I mean, I absolutely love the match, man. To take to take words from my good friend, the KG Castlelush. When Kofi kicked out of that first knee, I peed. Hashtag peed. I peed. First time my pants were show. a little damp. Mm-hmm. Very damp. Socks my, got a little wet. I was gonna say my 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 shoes were actually damp on this one. I I was very damp. I was very damp on this match. Um, yeah, I mean multiple people. Every single person got over. J- Samoa Joe got over. AJ got over. Kofi got over. Jeff Hardy got over. Even Randy got over. I mean, everybody got. Everybody looked so strong. Not just the winner. Like they were able to make everybody look strong. Nobody lost in this match. I mean, everybody left the elimination chamber looking hot and better than they they were when they came in. And I thought that was very important. It was one of the best elimination chambers I've seen. It, and just I, I hate to repeat you, but it was the best since the first elimination chamber. I haven't seen one better than that. Um, and I loved the Kofi push. I mean, and, and, and I loved that he started it off. It was a classic Iron Man type thing where he starts off and, 
And it was like Shawn Michaels where you start off and you just last the whole time. And it just really had this classic white meat baby face like uh, like any any baby face off the top of my head. Uh, Shawn Michaels. I don't know. It's kind of what it was like. Um, I don't. I, yeah. Samoa Joe looked like a badass. I wrote that yeah. down. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, everyone worked so well. I mean, even like, dude, right. I'm not, I mean, I'm so dude, I'm so tired of Randy Orton. Like, again, yeah. like, honestly, I'd never going to happen. But that would like the only thing, literally the only way I would be interested in Randy Orton again is if he left the company. Yeah. Then I'd be like, oh, what's yeah. he going to do? Like, that would be cool. I have yeah. no desire to ever see him in a WWE ring ever again. Never. He's already he's already done everything he's ever gonna do. It's he, he's just he's wasting time. I mean, yeah, he's wasting time. It, it, he's, it, he's collecting he, a paycheck, and he's he's great. Don't get me wrong; like he's still smooth as hell in the ring. He can still cut promos if you give him a good angle. I'm sure he'll do well. He could, he could probably do with a better position than he has now, but he's not ever gonna be a believable. Not even main event. I mean, he's believable main event, but he's not a draw. He's never going to be a draw again in the in WWE. He's never going to be a main event draw in WWE again, in my opinion. He's just he's complacent, is what I believe, and I and I wish he wasn't because he should have left already. It's almost too late now. He's getting so old. If he would have left already, he needs he should have left. Then he could have came back and been hotter than ever. At this point, I, he just needs to just retire and go into the Hall of Fame. Is he forty? He might not even be he's, forty yet. He's a hundred years old, I believe. No I don't way, know. dude. No way. Um, Jeff did a Swanton bomb onto AJ in the turnbuckle that was pretty awesome, and then got pinned. And I thought that was awesome. Um, Randy Orton is thirty-eight years old, by the way. Oh my he's god, four he's, years younger than AJ Styles. He's eight years older than dude, me. He's he could totally old. leave the company now, have another five or six years. In AEW, I would pay to see him versus Kenny Omega in a pay-per-view. No doubt about it. But I'm saying, your boy's been wrestling. He's been he's been in WWE since he was 19. No, and I now he's 38. That's what I'm saying. He's, what I'm saying. he's, he's done, done there, in my opinion. There's nothing go. else he can do. I yeah, agree. I'm I agree. saying he should have went. I say, I think he, I'm saying he should have went earlier, though, and then he could be back by now and on top. So he's running out of time. He needs to have already done it. Um. I got plenty of time, man. AJ Styles was still in TNA when he was 38. Yeah, yeah, but AJ Styles is one of the greatest of all time. That's true. Randy Orton. True. I, I think Randy Orton's so complacent and he's not that hard of a. I don't know. I don't know him, so I'm not gonna say it. Um, just say it. Just say it. Go ahead. You've been dropping bombs like this whole show. Let's just end it right, man. What do you feel about Randy Orton right now? This is what I feel about Randy Orton right now. You want to? You want to know what I feel about Randy Orton right I now? I know what you feel. If some, if you're Samoan, you need to at least weigh 350, 400. That's all I'm saying. That's what I feel. That's what I feel. Randy Orton's a white guy from like Mississippi. Oh, this whole time I thought we were talking about somebody else. I'm sorry. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> this elimination chamber is a thumbs up. <laughs> Phenomenal, dude. Okay, so overall, where where are you at, man? I mean, I feel like. The Man. by far and away with a whole fleet. We're going with 2019 again. Episode number two. We are going so far. It's two and zero oh as far as current product versus nostalgia. 19 is just killing it, man. They've come out guns a blazing. I mean, especially if you want to even look further. 
to this most recent Raw with all these NXT call-ups, man. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just been – they're moving. They're making moves. I, I'm enjoying watching this, man. I'm enjoying moving forward with this with this product. I'm enjoying moving forward with these comparisons. It's nice to kind of get a fresh take as an older male, uh, as a grown adult watching – you know, things from my adolescence and kind of taking them in in a totally different light. I'm, I'm loving this, man. I hope you guys are enjoying this as well. Cast, man, how you feeling so far? Episode two. How did you feel about 99 versus 19 in this episode? Man, I'm shocked again. I got to give it to 2019. Um, it, I just love and I'm having so much fun going back and I take notes. I've take, I, I take like 10 pages of notes every time. I love it. Uh, I'm getting to watch all this old stuff and getting to watch. It's getting me back into the new stuff. Um, and like one of the one of the main bullet points I wrote after uh, Becky Lynch, I, I wrote, I'm watching Monday Night Raw. That after she was beating the crap out of out of Ronda and Charlotte, I wrote down, I'm watching Monday Night Raw. I'm watching SmackDown. I gotta see. I gotta see this. I gotta see this. Absolutely. So that's what I like the most about this. And I like going back and watching old stuff, too, because it gives me a reason. And I always love doing that. But I'm still shocked. I got to give it to 2019. Uh, what are we doing? Uh, what are we comparing next? So next week, we have a debate here. We can either do 2004 No Way Out, 15-year anniversary, or we could change it up. And move on to a WCW 1999 pay-per-view. As I have just recently been made aware, my good friend, who's grown up in the South with me, the KG Castlush, was never really privy to the WCW product. So I personally would like to cover 99 Super Brawl versus 2019 Fastlane. No matter what, it's 2019 Fastlane versus a nostalgia show. Cass, would you join me on this journey? So it's either, so it's it's 2019 Fastlane and 2004, you said? Or 2004. Okay. Which is the 15 year. Which is 15. No Way Out. Okay, No Way Out or WCW. 1999 Super Brawl. Super Brawl. Okay, man, I believe Shawn Michaels is probably in the 2004 pay-per-view, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it is a SmackDown exclusive pay-per-view. It's a SmackDown, so I believe, not. I believe, I believe. I could even be if wrong. He, even if he is, I say, so I've actually never watched an episode of Monday Nitro in my life. And I've never watched a WCW pay-per-view in my life. But I think it would be very interesting to compare a 2019 WWE current product pay-per-view with a old-school WCW pay-per-view and have the perspective of somebody who has fresh eyes. Fresh eyes. Because what we're doing right now, we've both – I've seen – the 1999 pay-per-views that we've watched. I've seen every WWE pay-per-view, right, whether right. I watched it when I was little or whether I went back and watched it. I've seen stuff in WWE before I was even born. But 
I think it'll be cool to watch something I've never watched before and give it some perspective. Obviously, I know who Sting is, and I know who, you know, um, I can't name another WCW person, but well, yeah, Dallas Page, Lex Luger, Buff w- Bagwell. You're naming a well, Buff Bagwell. That's a WWE. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash. That's WWE. Goldberg. Okay, Goldberg. I know who Sting and Goldberg are. I kind of don't know who Buff Bagwell is, except for when he came to WWE for those three matches. It'll be fun. Yeah, I know who that is. Chris Jericho? You know what I mean. Ray, uh, uh, Ray Mysterio. There you go. There you go. All right, man. All right, so we're going to debate. I know who wrestled in WCW then came to WWE. I just don't know, like, the guy who did, like, the disco stuff over there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's get out of here, man. Or, like, the German guy. We've wrapped this thing up. (laughs) So far, we are 2-0 for the current product. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Comparisons. Uh, we're just let us know what you think about the show, man. Let us know uh, what we should cover in the future. Uh, we hope you guys are enjoying these archives. We've had a great time, man. Cass, love hanging out with you, bro. What do you feel about it? Always love it. So fun. Let's All right, we'll see again. you guys in the next one. We're do out. Peace, peace.